welcome to my podcast TGIF horror movie podcast hello (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if I should say hello yet yes (laughs) hello um sometimes I'll be like uh that's it that's that's the intro (laughs) so that people are like oh okay this is it this is where I talk now (laughs) (laughs) now we get into it because I don't do like a uh like a massive introduction because every episode is so different so yeah that's true you want it to kind of just be natural and like free-flowing and stuff and bounce off each other kind of thing exactly that's what I like that's what I'm here for yes um can you please tell us a little bit about yourself Yes. Well, my name's Lucy and I'm a co-host on a different uh, horror podcast, which is called Behind the Screams. Um, So that covers like a variety of facets of horror from drag, TV shows, movies. Um, And I'm also a Twitch streamer as well. Very recently, I started in September, just playing lots of gay, emotional games, all all the feels. (laughs) What have you been playing? Um, but I played Last of Us 2, a blind playthrough of that, and oh, I cried so much. Oh, no. Oh, it was so good. I, I loved it, but um, just been playing, like, lots of kind of, like, my kind of preferred games are, like, role-play and very kind of open world. So, you know, Skyrim, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, that's, like, my bread and butter. Um, so I've been streaming that, but also just trying to get in touch with the queer gaming community because, like, they, you know... There, there's there's so many amazing amazing queer twitch streamers and just bringing light so i i've just tried to start becoming part of that community and it's been amazing like i've only been streaming on twitch for a few months but the people i've met it's been it's been really cool met some amazing people yeah that's where most of my online friends come from um let's get into the movie i really enjoyed this movie so do you want to introduce us to the movie that you chose yep sounds good so I've got the synopsis from IMBD. It is very brief, but I will I will yeah. add a little bit to it because it's literally like a sentence. But um, it says, after a malicious data hack exposes the secrets of the perpetually American town of Salem, chaos descends and four girls must fight to survive while coping with the hack themselves. So that is basically the kind of rough synopsis. There's, there's this hacker um, and it kind of if you've seen euphoria it's kind of like euphoria vibes so it's kind of like at the start it feels like a very kind of teen kind of black comedy but the the plot slowly starts to get darker and darker and there's people in power where you know the hack affects so many people's lives in the town and like like it said it just kind of delves into chaos and madness after yeah and the the guy who directed and wrote it sam levinson he directed and wrote it euphoria directed and wrote it Good <laughs> I get you. <laughs> Directed and wrote Euphoria as well. Yeah. So and he's so young. He's only like my age. He's like thirty one or thirty two or something. I was like, that is so insane. That's so young. Yeah. That's like, mad. You're amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought in a really diverse cast for this, and I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie. Oh, definitely. Um, one of the so there's there's four girls, um, Lily, M, Sarah, and Bex. And Bex is played by Harry Neff, who's a trans model, activist, actor. I adore her. She was yeah. one of my favorites in this. She was in um, you as well, but she played a character I really hated in the book, and I was like, no. <laughs> 
oh she was you know i only just started watching you like a yeah. few weeks ago oh yeah oh i completely forgot about that actually yeah she plays um blythe and i'm like oh i oh, hate yeah. that character can't you play something i like <laughs> <laughs> well i like her in this she's got a pretty cool yeah. cool role in this movie and the good thing is that they have a trans actor playing a trans role. They didn't, um, you know, grab a cis woman to come in and play a trans role like they usually would. And it was just amazing. Now, I don't know if Sam Levison actually wrote Bex as a trans character, but the fact that he... Because I know he... They um, auditioned Harry Neff to come in, and he was just like, that's Bex. That's that's her. I want her as Bex. And I think that um, he gave them a lot of uh, freedom to create their own characters in a way, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Yeah. I watched a lot of um, YouTube interviews with all the cast. So it was really, oh, so yeah, bad. it was really cool. I'm really glad you, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later, but one thing that I really like with, with Bex is there's not this kind of there there tends to be a, a trope in media not necessarily horror just in all genres with trans characters kind of like the bury your gaze trope there's you know we've seen it many times how awful trans characters are treated but in this yeah. i think they turn they turn its head on it and um i really like the way they portray bex and the other characters as well but bex is definitely um the shining star in this yeah. for me even though she's not necessarily the lead role lily is but i really liked her yeah, the only thing I was really disappointed is that Em and Sarah didn't really get a lot of development. And it yeah. was just like, oh. And, like, I didn't find out to the end. I realised that they're sisters. And I was just like, this could have been developed so much more beyond that. And I know a lot of directors sometimes don't like giving um, background, like, developing that background and just want that story and that's it. And he did do that with all those characters, but I just would have appreciated a little bit more beef to, like, Emma and Sarah as, you know, one of the four girls in the film. That would have been really nice. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I, I don't know if it's jumping the gun a little bit because I've, I've got some notes, but um, okay. one of my kind of cons of this would be the character development because yeah. we know from euphoria that sam levinson is really good at character development um and i know that i mean the movie is quite short it's about like an hour and 40 hour and 45 but if yeah. we had a little bit more time to find out the backstories of the characters or mm. like you say find out a little bit more about the girls i probably would have appreciated that a little bit more i think there's a couple scenes that probably could have been replaced with that maybe yeah Definitely. Like, I feel like they gave Reagan and Grace more of a, a, um, like, character arc than they gave, like, Em and Sarah. And I was just like, oh. Although I do love Reagan because she's played by Bella Thorne. And yeah, I love yeah. Bella Thorne. She's great. <laughs> I love Bella Thorne. That's one of the reasons I wanted to watch it. When, I mean, this came out like a little while ago, but when I saw Bella Thorne was and I was like, oh, I have to see it. <laughs> yeah. I remember her posting on social media about the filming of this. And that would have been ages ago. And I know she did another horror after, but I'm, I can't remember what it is for the life of me. Babysitter? Uh, did she do She's babysitter? in the babysitter. Oh, she is yeah. too. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yes. She plays the blonde girl, doesn't she? She plays the um the cheerleader. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the yeah. The one that wants to be a journalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Um yeah, okay, that just clicked. Yes, she would have been. And she has such good dialogue in that as yeah. well. 
She's so good. I love that movie so much. I love. Have you watched oh, both of them? Brilliant. Yeah, I, I <sighs> love them both. I, watch, I could watch them a million times. I could watch them just again and again, like back to back. It's quite funny because we watched the babysitter on um, behind the screams, and I'd suggested it to Ian, who's the the main host, and he was. He was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like it. It doesn't look very good. And then he watched <gasps> it and he was like, I'm completely wrong. You were right. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> I'm, I'm never, um, you know, going to judge what you pick next time. Yeah. yeah, you can pick from now on. Good taste. <laughs> Amazing. Because I saw that you started doing um, a series on Dragula and I just started watching it. So I'm not going to listen to it just yet. But... <gasps> I am obsessed and I came home and told my grandma and my grandma was like why are you watching it without me (laughs) but Shudder doesn't have a PlayStation app yet so we can't watch it on like our main television so yeah I'm gonna wait for the um but I absolutely love it and that's going back to what you're saying about the trans characters um you know the way that they're portrayed in movies and that they're always you know, killed off or treated really poorly. And one of the characters in Dragula, um, uh, Loris, not Loris, um, I can't remember her name. Um, the one that is transitioning, that after her season, she decided that she was going to transition. Uh, she's the one from North Carolina. Can't remember their names. Oh, I should know this because I did the episode recently, but I can't think off the top of my head. I the one that did the Swamp that. Witch and had the crocodile on her head, and I just thought that was amazing. Oh, that wasn't Frankie Doom, was it? No. No. I know who you're on about, but I can't remember yeah. the name. That's terrible. But she was but saying, yes. you know, I want to change the perspective of, you know, um, trans people in entertainment, in, um, in media, because it's always such a negative... Um, portrayal and you know we're always seeing you know um trans women dying and trans women being you know their rights being taken away and all these really negative things happening and how she just wants to make it like a positive perspective and try and change that narrative and I think that films like this definitely do change that um trans trope where you know they are treated really despicably in films and I think Sam Levinson approached it with so much care and respect and diligence like to the point where he was like okay harry harry um you do it the way you want to do it like let's i'm not going to tell you how to do your character because that's not and you can see that in the film oh most definitely you can you can see harry's development of the character and the thing that i also really really like about assassination nation is how feminist it is and it's 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 vulgar but it's in a very righteous way and i just keep thinking back to i know it's jumping the gun but lily's speech at the end yes i was gonna say i cried in that (laughs) it like hit me right in the feels i was like yes (laughs) that yes because i am i am very very much a feminist very much so and you know everybody does feminism in their own way turfs excluded they're not allowed in feminism um <laughs> no we do not welcome them here <laughs> no they're not allowed in my feminist space at all no. not welcome jk rowling is not welcome there's a you know um white feminism not welcome um Mm-mm. western uh white women feminism nope only inclusive nope. feminism in my circle that's it that's all that's allowed <laughs> yep same definitely 
preaching to the choir. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's just so funny because in Sydney we have a, you know, we have quite a large um, Muslim community and a lot of women, white women, uh, you know, uh, the burqa is, um, is oppressive and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, your feminism does not equal at different times. Like, you can't apply your feminism to these women. Like, you... <laughs> different things like the countries that these women came from like they're only just learning how to drive like that's only just become legal in their country like you can't just have these expectations that are not applicable in these communities <laughs> like and you can't speak equal. you can't speak for for those communities either yeah and the burqa and hijab are completely and utterly um what's the word uh you choose that these women choose that like my boss is um is Muslim and he has two daughters and they didn't choose to wear a hijab or anything like that. They they still pray and and whatnot, but yeah, and he doesn't expect them to. And it's their right like... to choose to choose, you know. They, exactly, they, it's their life, their decisions. Yeah, it's just crazy how radical some people get about other people's choices, and you're like, uh, just why do you care? <laughs> oh, I know. If these people aren't bothered, why are you so bothered? <laughs> Stop gatekeeping that kind of feminism. All the other feminisms exactly. that I mentioned um, can be gatekeeped, locked in a box, in a cemetery somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hidden away forever. Yeah, not allowed out. You're, you're but yeah, I, I, I feel I feel like um, kind of the the the, fem- the feminine feminism in this movie is done really really well i think um you know at the i think at the start of this like with the plot you, you don't know what kind of route it's going to take because like you think it's going to be a black comedy you don't even yeah. know if it's really going to be like a horror but then it slowly just kind of you know gets darker and darker and there is a couple scenes that are kind of unsettling in this but i think yeah. they're they're needed yeah. um you know, especially with um, Bex, and she has the scene with Diamond. Yeah. Um, I don't. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I was a little confused because I was like, I'm not sure if this is a sexual assault scene or if Bex is feeling the complete hopelessness in her identity because Diamond doesn't accept her as a woman yeah it's i think it some, some of the scenes kind of teeter on that you you not that you don't know but it's quite it's that kind of like fine line even with like um lily and is it is it mark his yeah. name is um there, there's a couple scenes there that are really unsettling uh, as yeah. well um not a but they get their come at all Oh, he. I don't. I don't know. Can you spare on this podcast? Yeah, I don't. Of I want. Oh, oh, he's a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> and I, I love can't Bill Skarsgård. And then seeing him as this character, I was like, okay, I like his versatility, and I absolutely fucking hate him as this character. But I'm glad that they casted him because he oh, he yeah. is a really brilliant actor. Definitely, he he play he plays an asshole. Yeah, really, really well. well in this. <laughs> but it's and it's like some of the dialogue that you you know you you hear him say. It's like I've heard people say that in real life. You know, there's yeah. so much slut slut shaming in in mm-hmm. this movie, and it really puts a light on it. But and 
you know a big fo- a big focus of this movie is about the you know growing up with the internet and the the consequences of it and I think it's quite interesting looking at it as well from like somebody that's my age because I'm 26 so like I've grown up with the internet but yeah. not to the extent that Gen Z's have Gen Z's have you know I didn't have Instagram which thank thank god for that because I think Instagram didn't come out until I was maybe it really picked off kicked off sorry maybe when I was like 20 21 it was it existed but yeah. nobody really used it until, yeah, I was, I don't know, yeah. And so to think that my younger sister, who is, you know, 10 years younger than me, she would have been really in that pressure point period of Instagram and social media having a really big impact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for me, the... I, it was MySpace and Bebo. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the extent of it, like the high angle emo selfies. But um, yeah, there's there's so much pressure on young people, especially these days. And I think I, I'm trying to look at it in the mindset if I was their age, looking at this as well. I think this would have been a really important movie for me. I relate to yeah. it even now, being in my like, you know, mid to late twenties. So I. You know, I think this it's come out at a really important time. There's a really good scene that I like, again, with Lily near the start, where she's, like, drawing erotic um, sketches. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm on about. And she's talking about nudity and how, you know, nudity isn't necessarily sexual. It's other people yeah. that perceive it that way. And also, you know, she talks about how it's 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 a stage, really, in, in terms of, like, you know, you know, girls are comparing themselves to each other and these nudes where it's you know it's the perfect lighting and the perfect shots and kind of how people will feel insecure and I really I really like that scene yeah it really hit me because I was just like oh yeah I've definitely I know that those feelings and it's like for me I wouldn't send nudes to other men because I have easily identifiable tattoos and if (laughs) yeah and if they ever got shared with people they'd know it's me so I just I just didn't because I didn't trust people, but I know a lot of people do with that kind of um, real intimate look into my life. I think I would have loved to have seen Sam Levinson do this now in the age of OnlyFans as well. Um, You know, which I think is an amazing thing that, you know, women are kind of taking a stand for their sexuality and they're yeah. making a profit off of it. I was going like, and putting go, a price tag on it. <laughs> you get that bag. Like, yeah. go assist. <laughs> yes. um, so I think, yeah, it kind of, it, it's kind of like part of that, that movement. I'm just looking at my notes <laughs> see if there's anything, <laughs> anything else on that. But, um, but then, yeah, we get, we get the, the, the nudes that are leaked and like the consequences of it. And like the start of it's like when the mayor gets his leaked. Oh yeah. As well. And well, the let's principal. go to the start of the film because I absolutely loved, loved, loved what they did to introduce this movie. So, the, um, they played the trailer first for the film, and I know some people had an issue with that, and I was just like, why? Like they're just setting up what they would have any other way with a film. Yeah. And most people have seen a trailer for a movie before they go and see it. So they'd easily Mm -hmm. identify, hey, I've seen this. It's just helping, you know, reinforce what I'm going to watch in this movie. (laughs) 
But after that, and it's just, sorry, the intro is Lily just talking about the night that everybody lost their marbles. And, but what I really like is the montage of trigger warnings that they show at the start. Oh, it's so good. Because it has like your regular trigger warnings, but then chucks in things like masculinity and um, <laughs> fragile male egos. And I loved that because I was like, oh, oh yeah. So good. I love that. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely know a lot of men like that. The uh, not all men. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, was but, that, oh, sorry, did they go. say that in the film? Not all men? Or maybe I was watching something else and absolutely lost my mind and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think they did, but if they did, I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was watching something else. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're introduced to the, the main characters and we've discussed them, Lily and Bex and, and Sarah. So Lily's actually played by Odessa Young, who is a young Australian actress, which is really cool. Um, Haraneff, who is, she's um, Jewish as well, which I thought was really incredibly interesting for her as an actress and model and, you know, trans advocate. Because I was just like, imagine how difficult that entire experience would be in her incredibly young life. Like, oh, that's definitely. Amazing. The adversity... Like, I'm just, I'm a really big hype man for people that just defy everything. <laughs> big, big hype for Harry. Round of applause. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, M, who is played by a, she's a rapper and um, musician, Abra, which her real name is, uh, well, her full name is Gab- Gabrielle, because I was trying to find her on Instagram. She doesn't have one. I was like, amazing. Oh. You've totally evaded cool. everybody. Good on you. And Sarah, <laughs> who is uh, Suki? Or, yeah, that's how you'd say it. Yeah, it's Suki. Suki, Suki Waterhouse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's, she's a British actress. Because when I heard her accent, I was like, what? <laughs> You're not American. <laughs> she does an American accent really well. Yeah, that's what I was like. Uh, You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> but um, so the intro scene is when we meet them, they're all over at Lily's house and they're talking about, Oh no, actually they've gone over to M and Sarah's. Oh and, yeah. Um, M and Sarah's mom is downstairs <laughs> massaging some dude's feet. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're just like, hello. Oh, I cringed at that. I was like, oh. yeah, me too. <laughs> Ew, yuck. But I love Not how... for me. And the conversation they have when Lily goes upstairs is just so typically late teens. Like, who's who's the sex offender downstairs? <laughs> like, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And um, I just love Abra's reaction, like, pretending to throw up. I was like, oh, brilliant. You're amazing. <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, me actually watching your mum rub his feet. Yuck. And... <laughs> They're all talking about Diamond, who Bex um, has uh, the feels for. Yeah. And it's just really um, typical teenage stuff. And it just really didn't do like a, um, a Hollywood teenager thing where it's just so unrelatable where you're like, I didn't do that as a teenager. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And it's also like the language they use. Like, yeah. it, it's vulgar, but that that's what we speak like, you know? Exactly. I don't remember sounding prim and proper as a teenager. I definitely wasn't in a sorority. And I was the weird emo kid, but I definitely talked like that. I'm still the weird emo kid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what phase? I always say to people, me being normal was a phase. Like, when I, <laughs> like, didn't dye my hair black and wore colour for a little bit. Because I said to, my grandma asked me, what are you going to wear for Halloween? I said, oh, I'll just chuck on a black dress. And she's like, I don't think you have any. Are you, are you sure you've got some? And I was like, I don't know if she's fucking with me or not. Because, like, my wardrobe's full of black dresses. What do you mean? I so think for Halloween... What... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to say for Halloween, I think I'm just going to draw 2020 on my forehead and that'll oh, be my costume. <laughs> <laughs> just get a t-shirt and spray paint 2020 all over it, like just two, two zero everywhere. <laughs> That's the real nightmare. Yeah. Oh, God. It just feels like Groundhog Day every day in 2020, so... Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And my partner said to me, 30 is going to be the best year of your life. And then COVID hit. And I was like, Ned, you fucking lied. Oh, no. And then he was like, don't worry, 31 will be the best year. And I was like, it better be. Just pretend that this year didn't happen. So you turn 30 next year. You see? Oh. And then I can just be 30 forever. Yes. That'd be sick. (laughs) I don't mind being 30. Um, I just mind that my entire year was derailed. So was everyone else's, though. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And then the next, they go to a party mm-hmm. that night. I don't know where this party is or whose house it's at, but they go to a party. And it looks like a normal teenage party. There's no yeah. bullshit. I was like, yep, I definitely went to parties like that with drugs and booze and people hooking up everywhere. It kind of reminded me of, and I don't know if um, you had you had the show in Australia because it was a British TV show, but it was called Skins. Oh yeah, we everyone here was obsessed with it. Yeah. Oh, see, I yeah, that that was that was my <laughs> that was my shit as, as a kid. I loved Skins, and it feels like very Skins, like you said, yeah. no bullshit. People getting high, getting wasted, having sex—that's just what happens. So I I feel like it's got that kind of raw, gritty realness to it. So again, yeah. I just immediately thought of Skins when um watching this. Yeah, it is very um, skin-esque. And the thing is, like, Sam Levinson is, you know, like I said, 31, 32. So he would have been a teenager when we were teenagers. So it's very, he knows, you know, it's not like he's a 60-year-old dude (laughs) trying to imagine what a teenage party is like. And it gets it completely wrong, you know? Like, he really hits a nail on the head with this. And, um... We know that Lily has been texting someone called Daddy, which I gagged at because I was like, oh, people have ruined the word Daddy for everyone. So cringe, but also yeah. like that that is what people use, especially yeah. like girls her age. So I'm kind of, well, it's some girls that heard, you know, I've seen people say that. I certainly don't say Daddy, but no, <laughs> I, I, know, I, know that, I know that other folk do. So yeah, but I yeah. get you. I felt that every time like the texts come up, I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Page. Just like, oh, no, just move the emoji from the name. That'll be fine. <laughs> but she also has her boyfriend, Mark, played by, you know, Bill Skazgard. And um, 
they have an argument and and they just have a very toxic and tumultuous relationship and once again very reminiscent of actual teen relationships where they don't know healthy boundaries and how to treat one another yeah exactly i mean at that age i mean they're they're 18 in this um you know yeah nobody knows how to communicate like you're still learning and growing as a person Mm. um so it is quite realistic of that and again kind of like euphoria where the relationships aren't healthy but like you say that's that's what happens at that age you know yeah i i definitely remember being in you know between the ages of between the ages of 16 and 19 i had the same boyfriend and we had a very toxic relationship you know he'd he had my passwords for all my social media and he would go through my phone and i just accepted that as okay but now i just be like uh why like you can go through my phone but why yeah, no, I I feel I've I've def I've definitely been there, especially at those ages, and I think like you don't, at least for me at that age, I wasn't so self aware and self assured, like you know, within myself, so I wouldn't have stood up for myself. And I mean, we know that Lily's not perfect either, and we'll get into that. But you can see just how much like, um, her boyfriend just walks all over her and is very just misogynistic and very mm. I'm the alpha and oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a pig. Yeah. <laughs> and most boys at 18 are like that. They think that they have the right to control certain aspects of people that they apparently love's lives. Because, I don't know, who models this behaviour for these for these boys, you know? Like, who's... Or do they just automatically do this stuff? It's just a really strange time in their lives. Well, they do talk about in that party as well, um, like porn and stuff like that. One of the girls yeah. is saying like... Oh, oh that's a party you know. later on, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they have... Oh, that's fair enough. There's so much partying. <laughs> so loads of it. But the, there is a scene where they're talking about like, you know, when she's yeah. hooking up with a guy for the first time, he automatically starts choking her and is like really rough because that's all he's seen and that's all he's known. And like, that's that's very yeah. true of society. It's odd. It's just so crazy. And I think it's because as a woman, not even as a woman, just I am not exposed to that stuff. Because that's not, if I was looking at porn, that isn't what I'd go looking for. Yeah. And men go and they're exposed to these really intense expectations and what they think is a mirror of what happens in intimate relationships. And it's not. It is fantasy. And they can't create the um the sorry they can't they don't have the ability just yet to be able to determine the difference between the two Mm -hmm. and i think like i don't have a problem with porn at all what i have a problem with is people having um the idealistic fantasy expectation come to their real lives from that well, that's very true. It's the same as um, I know this is going a bit off tangent, but like, no, um, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, compulsory heteronormativity. You know, we're, yeah. when when we grow up, you know, from the minute we're born, especially as women, we're told, okay, this is the life that you'll have. You know, you'll get married, you'll have kids, you can have a career, but only to a certain point. And um, you know, it's yeah. e- even when we try and break down those rules, it's it's so ingrained ingrained in us. You know, especially in the Western world, our parents, the media, 
everything is pushing that on us so it's the same as this as well you know boys and girls when they're growing up they see this kind of power dynamic and it's even even in 2020 there is still that going on and um, yeah, my youngest sister will come to me and tell me, you know, things about like her friends or relationships she's in, and I'm like, you know, that's not normal, right? <laughs> that's not okay, you, have, you know. You don't have to be okay with that. And she's like, oh, glad I spoke to you about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm the one that'll come and tell you to tell them to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this party, there is a sex scene with Diamond and Bex, mm-hmm. and. Um, this is what I was saying about how I was rather confused about the dynamic between Diamond and Bex and whether Bex was consenting to the, to the, to sex or not Mm -hmm. because of her reaction afterwards. That's why I was like, oh, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know either because when it started, I thought it was consensual, but you're right, right at the end, she kind of starts crying and it's very much like kind of, it's very cold and just kind of leaves her there so I don't know if Harry kind of did that on purpose and you know from kind of we were speaking about before about um like trans tropes and things like that a lot of Mm. kind of sex scenes with trans characters it's it's either incredibly sexualized or they are assaulted and it's very violent so I don't know if they were trying to just teeter on that line or maybe I, I don't know I would have to look into it a bit more yeah because afterwards I did feel very sad. And the thing is that a lot of sexual relationships for teenagers would end that way as well mm-hmm. because of things like we're told um, we're not allowed to be sexual, we're not allowed to, you know, explore our sexuality, we're expected to, you know, hold on to our virginity until marriage, you know, and maybe those feelings do become overwhelming for all people when they have a sexual experience. The shame and the guilt. And also because Diamond, he'll be dealing with his his own sexuality and his own insecurities because we see later on, um, even though, you know, later on we, we kind of see as well that he he, care, he cares for Bex. Um, yeah. His, his friends are very homophobic and very kind of shaming him for wanting to be with Beck. Well, so more transphobic, if any. Yeah, transphobic, yes. Yeah, sorry. Because um... <laughs> okay. it's just uh, like, um, they don't understand that trans women are women. Yes, exactly. And that's obviously, for a teenager, that would be a very difficult concept to wrap their heads around. And that's, that, that's okay yeah. to be, but it's not okay to react that way in regard to that um, not understanding. Yeah, ex- I mean, the, 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 scene, the scene, Um, I think it's like the, it's it's the locker room scene that's a little bit further on that. I just, I just wanted to, to scream at those mm. just fuck boys <laughs> oh. being incredibly transphobic. And I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe that was going through his mind at that point and he was thinking about how people would perceive him. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, no, tra- trans women are women. It's fine. Yep. Like, <laughs> this, if it doesn't affect you, why are you worried? <laughs> and that's, exactly. uh, that's one, yeah, that's what I say this about everything. It's just like, why worry if it, why worry to the extent that you're stressing about it if it doesn't impact you personally? 
you should just support other people's decisions. Like, that's... You're not doing it. Nobody's making you do anything. Just support your friends. Like, support people. It's not hard to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to be it's, decent. <laughs> it's just be a decent human being. It's not hard. It's just so crazy. People are crazy. Um, so... The next day, um, they actually go to school and Bex is like, oh, Diamond's there. And Lily's like, no, no, fuck, fuck boys. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. And I love the way they dress. Like, I'd never dress that way because I'm not a size 10. Um, <laughs> but I just, Bex's style is me. Oh, I like, love I just, it. Yeah. I'm just like, that is me. Her in a mi mix of Abra and Bex, I'm like... That's what I'd wear to school if I didn't have school uniforms. They're style icons. And, like, they've all got yeah. creepers on as well. And it's so, yes. like, early 2000s. And I'm like, oh, I'd love it. I love, um... I think Abra has a pair of pink ones. Or yeah. it might be, um... I can't remember. Sorry, One of them definitely Sarah. is wearing pink yeah, ones. Yeah, they wear pink ones. And I was like, oh, I want a pair so bad. But I'd absolutely destroy them. <laughs> Like, got, oh, they'd get ruined. I've got a pair of purple ones, but I haven't Ooh. broken them in because they're they're actually harder to break in than Doc Martens. Yeah. It's savage. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, at least I found, anyway. Yeah, I've had my Docs for a year and I'm still breaking them in because I just don't wear them often enough. But oh, I hate getting a new pair of Doc Martens or a new pair of Converses. They're hard to break in as well. Oh, they are. I made a mistake um, last year before COVID. I went to, to Disney and I wore a pair of new Converse. That was a bad oh, move. I did that to a music festival, wore a new pair of high tops. And I was like, I'm an idiot. What am I doing? <laughs> what the hell? So this day at school, they actually also... <laughs> um, while they're at the party, actually, the night before, uh, everyone starts getting texts about the mayor's... Um, who is an anti-gay family values like uh, platform that's what he operates on and he's been uh, exposed as um, you know spending time with male escorts and dressing in women's clothing and it's um, just really not scary how different people's lives can be from you know people in power their public life from their private life mm-hmm and it's just like, how many of you have, like, not dirty little secrets, but have, like, a completely, are living, a f like, under a facade? Well, it's even, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know that much about it, so I can't really speak, but there's all the, um, like, gay conversion camps, and a lot yeah. of the, the people that run that tend to be gay themselves. And it's and just... And they run under shame. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, religion. God damn it. Actually, though. <laughs> no. And I'm not religious at all. Like, um, and either of my nieces, they know nothing about religion because my sister's non-religious. And we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about um, she asked us who Jesus was, and we're like, oh, you know, he came to, he was sacrificed for everybody's sins, and you know, people who are religious think that now they have to do the right thing so that they don't upset Jesus and God. And my niece laughed, and I was like, oh. If a, if a six-year-old thinks that that is insane, why don't adults? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, true. That, like, I, I'm the same. I'm, I'm not religious, but you know, I respect people's beliefs as long as they don't oh, yeah, try and push absolutely. it on me. Then, like, um, you know, to each his own. Yeah. As long as it doesn't harm others, but unfortunately, that does go kind of hand in hand with religion sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, and definitely um, in countries under the Commonwealth, because we, you know, are all very religious countries, and even though they say we're non-secular, I don't believe that for a second. All secular, secular. I don't know, I'm having a brain freeze on that one. Um, that religion doesn't have an impact on our government whatsoever. I think that's horseshit. So, especially when my Prime Minister is a member of Hillsong, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I know, I know. There's pictures of him at church, and I'm just like... You should be running a country, what are you doing? Uh, and this scene was very distressing for me. Um, because I was not expecting it at all. <laughs> no, neither and, was I. Uh, this, yeah, I was like, whoa, did not expect that. I thought he was going to, you know, come out and maybe resign. The mayor was going to resign from his job. But he actually um, pulls out a gun and shoots himself, which, yeah, that was really distressing for me. Um, not for, you know, it was just violent. I was like, whoa. Not definitely it, it's not um it's it's really gory and it's unexpected like the, the pacing yeah. of the movie at that point is a little bit not slow but well it, it's like a slow burn we haven't seen any violence or anything that would make you think it would be a horror or a thriller um and then it just kind of bam hits you in the face yeah it definitely did and i was like whoa and then the next day you know bex is saying that she she doesn't feel bad for him um, because of everything that he, he's done to the gay community and LGBT um, people in their community, which is totally fine. And Lily's, you know, saying, um, you can at least be empathetic. And for me, I was just like, I'm on the fence with that. I, I wouldn't know how I'd feel. I was the same because, you know, I'm not trans, so I can't speak yeah. for the trans community. And, I, you know, they've obviously faced incredible hardships. So, and I can't imagine what that'd be like. So I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying have empathy because that's yeah. not my right to say that. Yeah. I was just like, okay, you, that's good. You feel your anger. That's fine. But that's what, yeah, that's why I was like on the fence because I was like, okay, I'm not trans, so I don't know how it'd feel, but I also wouldn't say be cool and have some empathy for him. Yeah. But I do love how Bex is just lounging, living her best yeah. life. She's like, <laughs> fuck, fuck, him. fuck him. <laughs> I really like her. I just love her so much, her character. I think that's going to she... be the theme of this episode that we love Bex. <laughs> that we love her so much. And I really do. Yeah, I'm not even that big of a fan of Lily. Like, she's great, but it's like Bex, like you said, just really shines through as that. Because I think you always like that alternate um, fuck the world character in any movie. For me, I do. I'm yeah. like that. That's the character I'll choose as my favourite. So, definitely. Yeah, I feel like where... I can see some of myself in her, just in that kind of yeah. like very angsty, like, fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like that as a teenager, very apathetic and lots of angst and fuck, fuck you guys. 
I'm still like that now, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hasn't changed. And this is uh, the scene that you are talking about earlier about Lily drawing the, what he describes as pornographic poses, but it's women masturbating and, and um, taking photos of themselves. And the way that Lily talks about it is so mature and just... I wish more girls felt that way about naked bodies without sexualizing them. Yeah, what I really like that Lily says, and I think she says it later on as well, it's other people that perceive it as sexual. So if you see it as sexual, it's your problem. It's not my problem. Yeah. It's just a body, exactly. which I completely agree with. Yeah, because um, soon afterwards, Terrell's phone gets hacked and there's photos of his underage daughter shown. She's in the bath. Like, she, she's what, I think they say she's five or six or something like that. And, you know, he's got two daughters and they were in the bath. Most parents would have photos like that on their phone and parents wouldn't sexualize that stuff. And the, the fact that, you know, um, at the dinner table, Lily's parents are talking to her um, saying, you know, I'd do anything to protect you and blah, 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 blah. And Lily's just saying like nudity isn't, inherently sexual like you guys are the ones making it sexual not principal tyrell like he did tyrell he didn't take those photos with the intention to sexualize his children yeah exactly and it's yeah it's the parents that are are, are making it that way and you can see how uncomfortable they're feeling but i think yeah i think lily handles it really maturely like yeah so well spoken yeah, and those are the conversations like I've had with my family, very similar ones, about how it is society that sexualizes images like that and images of women naked in that way. It's not the the photo itself that is sexual. You're looking at it with that gaze, and that's just you're being creepy. <laughs> like, and if you look you're back, the and creep. look back and you know history even to the renaissance era i mean it's just naked bodies everywhere but that's it's art so if yeah. it's art then if it's art in a painting why can't a selfie be art then you know exactly like so and i mean people who who take and send nudes they are composing an image and are doing things intentionally and artistically and i just don't understand why people over overly sexualize naked bodies it's just creepy i mean we all have one <laughs> <laughs> exactly like um people once told me that it was weird that um my nieces shower with their mum and dad still and i was just like you're the one making it weird yeah <laughs> why are you being why are you being so weird about it <laughs> I used to, well, I, I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to do um, burlesque. Um, oh. And there was so much kind of controversy in that because, like, you know, in burlesque, there, there's lots of different styles of burlesque. Some people go topless. Um, some people wear, like, C-strings. And, you know, it's up to you how much nudity you show. Um, and I used to get so angry at people that were just like, oh, you know, burlesque is just, you know, it's just, like, really overly sexualized it's just stripping first of all stripping's also talented like there's nothing wrong with people oh, yeah. that are strippers <laughs> and second of all it, it's it's a performance art like the amount of work that goes into a routine costuming the the uh, composition choreography every you know yeah and it's not 
just there to just be it's not a sexual act you know you can make burlesque funny i used to do an act with like fake blood and throwing got on people and stuff like that and like just making it a a funny show um yeah i know that's different but it's kind of similar you know the it's how people portray it yeah there's a girl here that i know who does burlesque and she swallows razors and hammers nails into her head and lays on a bed of nails and i'm just like you are insane i love it (laughs) keep going this is brilliant she's really cool and yeah it's just society has taken a very conservative turn in sexual and that's why everything is getting sexualized because you know 200 years ago they just wouldn't have given a shit about naked bodies because it's when puritanical views started influencing everybody they were like oh can't be naked and if you go out without wearing a bra oh my god call the police like i actually have no bra on right now i'll say i don't give a shit and if you're looking at my frozen nipples, you're the weirdo, not me. That's your problem, mate. <laughs> That's your problem. I'm just comfy. I'm just living my life. <laughs> like, I'm in like tracksuit pants and like just a jumper. I'm sweet as. I'm going to Woolworths like this after. I don't care. I went out. I went out in this, which is like I'm in tracky bottoms and then just nice. like a triple XL Star Wars jumper. <laughs> just comfy. Nice. <laughs> Super comfy. So. With this, so they're talking about how these images are, you know, sexualized and you're the weirdo and it doesn't make him a child molester, blah, blah, blah. And she gets up and leaves the table. And Donnie, her brother, is like, did you guys ever see that video of the family on safari in Africa and they get mauled by, like, seven tigers? I love that. And it's (laughs) It's just just like... like (laughs) Images of children in a bathtub... Not okay. But, oh, yeah, no, sorry, I didn't see that that video of people getting mauled to death. (laughs) That's totally fine. (laughs) That's fine. What the fuck? And I think (laughs) it just really shows that juxtaposition in society where people are cool with violence but not cool with naked bodies. Yeah, logic. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then, um... So more and more people are starting to get hacked at this stage. And I love this next scene with um, Reagan and Grace. Because this is where everything just really, like, everything just, it it's going to shit. And um, so I think every everybody's stuff has been hacked at this point. I'm not too sure. I think so. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, and um, so I can't remember. There was a really cool song that went along with this, or maybe there's a, a monologue by Lily. I'm I can't remember which one. I think it's the song in this bit because there's the choreography yeah. that Reagan does. She's got like a cheerleading scene, and that's when the the whack comes in. Yeah, and I just love how there's just all the, this imagery of like. American flags and you know red white and blue everywhere and it just is really showing and I think Sam Levinson is really it's a social commentary about how to shit American society has gone and how all this stuff still manages to just live and fester in everybody's lives this hatred and oh I don't know it's just 
really cool imagery in this scene. And I think it's also quite impactful with the current situation going on in the States as well with the election. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not that clued up. I mean, I'm from Scotland, so I've just kind of been avoiding it where I can. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still keeping up to date. So I think it's it's quite interesting watching it right now with the current situation that's going on. Yeah, I definitely watched it under a different lens because of what's happening in, in America at the moment. And even in 2018, when this film came out, like Trump would have only just been president for over a year. And it's just really interesting that um, dynamic of the film where they are talking about um, these social ills that are present because of certain um, people's beliefs and behaviours and values being emboldened and, and empowered. Yeah, I think Sam, after that election, he was kind of like, this is this is what the future's looking like for us. <laughs> yeah. In an interview, he said that he started writing this movie a week before his wife gave birth to their child. And he was thinking to himself, you know, what kind of world um, are we bringing a child into? So it's really um, quite reflective of what was happening and what still is happening. Yeah, that's ve- that's very true. I mean, I, I I I definitely don't want kids, but I couldn't imagine bringing a kid into the current state of the world. Nope, I definitely wouldn't. No. I mean, I, I I personally do want children if if I feel like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I wouldn't right now. Nope. Yeah, don't blame it. <laughs> <laughs> Too fucking scary. <laughs> And then, uh, um, so this scene um, is really cool because you can see Grace in the bathroom, like, she's, like, crying her eyes out, but she's, like, super, like, what's the word, like, amping herself up. And yeah. Yeah, it's just really cool. I really like her character. So do I. Like, I did, not, not that she was forgettable, but I didn't pay that much attention to her until this bit, and you see her just yeah. slowly losing her shit, and then she's just, like, composes herself, and it's like, I'm gonna fuck stuff up. Okay, it, it's it's going down. And I love, you know, when she walks over to Regan, and then she hits her with the bat, and then just walks away, just like, yep. Drops the bat, see ya. Mic drop. Yeah. And this is... I think this scene is showing how um, everything is hitting a boiling point in their town. And that doink of her... Did Reagan die? I think she did. Because we don't see her again. Oh, (laughs) shit. I didn't think she died. (laughs) But is it... Because I I wasn't sure. And I think I I, I looked afterwards, uh, because I watched this yesterday. Was she sending nudes to grace's boyfriend is that what it was um and then that's what got leaked no so grace sent nudes of herself to reagan um like just a friendship thing yeah and reagan sent it to her own boyfriend okay to like make fun of grace and i was just like oh girls really are fucking nasty they can be they really can Boys will never, men will never understand how incredibly cruel teenage girls can be. Oh yeah, teenage girls have a a vicious poison in them. (laughs) 
I swear it doesn't leave till we're like 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I really loved um, her being arrested because everyone is cheering her on. And it's just insanity. And I don't know if it's because they didn't like Reagan or they just thought it was so crazy that Grace killed someone. Yeah, I know. I, it, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I thought that was yeah. brilliant. They were just like, yes. <laughs> and they were like chanting her name and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> they really loved her. They really love her. Um, and... They, this is where Lily's nudes get leaked, but nobody knows that it's her. Yeah. Because she's done it in a way that she doesn't show her face. But the entire town finds out that the person she has been texting is actually the father of the child she Lily used to babysit. And his entire family packs up and leaves. Well, his wife and his daughter leave. And um, there's you know, Lily's breaking down because um, everywhere online it's been posted in threads and on discussion forums and whatnot um, that, you know, Lily, people are looking for her, for who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a scene that also really bothered me where um, Mark brings her into the locker room to, to talk and um yeah and his friends hold her down and it's just really scary i i i don't know that made me i think out of any of the scenes that probably made me the most uncomfortable because you didn't know what kind of turn that was going to take cuz that could have yeah. i mean it was very dark to begin with but that could have gotten much darker um and just the the, the sheer evilness of them and like mm. slut, you know slut shaming her and they, they are assaulting her um you know yeah. they've got her they've got her pinned down and just um one of the guys has her in a chokehold yeah it's 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 horrible yeah and this also shows me that boys at that age can be incredibly violent without realizing the impact of their actions and yeah they're in the moment and yes they're getting what they think they need and want for as information, but aren't thinking about long-term consequences of how their actions affect people. And how traumatic it can be. I mean, obviously what, what Lily did, you know, wasn't right, but she doesn't deserve to be treated that way. You know, they, they could have had that conversation in a much more constructive and healthy way. Yeah. And like I said, that's just really reflective of a lot of teenage relationships where we don't know boundaries and communication and what is healthy and what isn't. And, you know, these two probably thought that the way they communicate and fight and argue is healthy. Shit, like, I've had people tell me that mine and my partner's relationship isn't healthy because we don't argue. What? (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We don't fight because we communicate with each other before things get to a point where we're going to, like, say stuff we regret. Yeah, exactly. And also, nobody else has a right to tell you oh. what your relationship is, you know. Oh, it's kind of like, well, if you and your partner are fighting, uh, you probably need some therapy to work that out. Not enough people go to therapy. Go to therapy, oh, people. Tell me about it. Go to therapy. <laughs> I'm actually trying to find a new therapist at the moment. I can't wait. <laughs> I am as well. I found this um, 
well i think they're kind of uh worldwide but there's this site called pink therapy where you can find um lgbtq plus therapists and i think it's quite nice having a resource like that where you can find people and um so i'm trying to find a new therapist myself because that sounds awesome yeah i just need someone who does dbt um dialectical behavioral therapy for people with borderline personality disorder and that's really hard <laughs> to find someone who does like dbt and stuff for ptsd and i'm just like oh <laughs> and i live in like a very small city compared to like sydney or melbourne or brisbane and so me finding someone i'm probably gonna have to go to sydney to get like another therapist and it's just very frustrating at the moment gosh yeah i i feel you um I, I'm, I'm quite open about it as well this is going on a tangent but <laughs> uh, no i have ptsd um and it's, yeah. it's 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 so misunderstood i i've i've never i've heard of dbt i've done cbt three times yeah. um but with cbt it's kind of you kind of really need to be in it for it to work and i must admit i've not always been in it and you know you get what it's you so put good. in it <laughs> oh it is yeah I did um, over, I was going to therapy once a week for the entirety of last year. So I loved it. I love my therapist. Uh, I just can't afford her anymore. So, which is unfortunate, but. It's expensive AF. That's the only thing. So is, but I highly recommend it for everyone. Yes. One (laughs) thing. And there are free, free therapists everywhere, except probably America, but. There's probably resources though. Yes, cool. yeah, definitely. One thing that kind of you'd mentioned here in this scene, kind of in the in the like the forums, like the kind of Reddits and the 4chan, the thing that made me quite uncomfortable, kind of like you're saying, they're figuring it out and they're like, you can see the comments saying like they're going through the, the yearbooks and oh, it's this hair colour and it's this and that and that really freaked me and out. That just like and that necklace. Yeah, even, even if you hide your face, you know, people will scour to find you and it's just... It, how quickly it spreads and it goes viral like that's absolutely terrifying it's really scary isn't it and i try to kind of live an anonymous life on social media like my instagram and my facebook is very private my twitter account is just like random thoughts and yes it has my full name because i use it for work and i actually had someone google my name because i got into a i was defending a victim of sexual assault and he like this person was replying to me and then googled my name oh my god and i freaked the fuck out and he's like oh i bet your job wouldn't like you discussing this on twitter and i was just like i don't this twitter is for yes streamers to message me but i don't talk about my work on twitter this has got nothing to do with my work how dare you cross that boundary and make me feel unsafe who do you think you are that is so awful that's disgusting people thinking they have a power complex and like you say as long as your work's not attached to it what's it fucking matter like you know it doesn't say anything about my job on my twitter at all i don't even post about my work on my twitter so i have a private twitter account for that (laughs) it's just yeah that yeah like you were saying how quickly things can spiral and i was like i was defending a girl who'd been sexually assaulted and came out about it how dare you turn this on me you were just trying to be a good person yeah not allowed you're not allowed to be a good person no (laughs) partly not it's disgusting but uh the guys in this scene find out that lily is the one 
who is the whore of Salem, which I fucking hate so much. Because, um, yeah, I, I, I can't stand slut-shaming. I um, lose my mind all the time. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the same. And I, you know what? I love that how, you know, when they find this out, I mean, at that point, I don't think they, they know that it's it's the neighbour, but, you know, they're not blaming yeah. the guy at all no. they're not they're, they don't give they don't care who the guy is all they care about is her you know they don't know that this is an older gen- gentleman who fully knows what he's going into um clearly emotionally manipulative no doesn't matter it's all yeah. it's all about lily and you know how lily's this awful person and that's common oh definitely it's so dis- i could literally have a whole podcast series about how much i hate cis men <laughs> same <laughs> oh i feel you on that that could be a, a, a spin-off <laughs> oh yeah it would just be oh god absolutely it's just horrible and the thing is like the the slut shaming follows into her family because her mum kicks her out of the house like violently well not yeah violently it drags is, her yeah. through the house and kicks her out and i was like how fucking traumatizing for you to do that to your child you think you're doing the right thing but you are not this is not how you approach this shit they don't give her any chance to speak for herself you know she looks at her dad as well and he's just he's just like not even participating in the conversation he's just like nope uh it's it's up to you and your mom like yeah and it's just like have you thought about the fact that maybe your child has been sexually assaulted by an adult man manipulated by an adult man like no you don't want to have that discussion with your child about her safety and they're not you know they're not going to his house and speaking to him about it and reprimanding him for it no they just blame their daughter straight away oh god if that happened to me my dad would be straight over there burying him oh yeah my my mum would be there like running with like a hammer fuck knows what she's a small lady but she is very feisty (laughs) Oh, she's Scottish. She's about what, four foot eight? <laughs> she's four eleven. <laughs> she's tiny. Oh, my great grandmother was like four nine or something. My dad's oh. like she was tiny, but she was scary. <laughs> He's like, you did not piss her off. No, and you I don't want to like, mess oh. with Scottish women. We're, we're no. um, a different breed. <laughs> yeah, my dad says um, that I'm very much like a scary Scottish woman trapped inside me (laughs) (laughs) both me and my sister are very yeah yeah he says we remind him of his his great-grandmother and her sisters (laughs) i like it (laughs) we're just all crazy maybe just australians are really crazy too i don't know yeah maybe one in the same yeah well we all came from the same place (laughs) yeah and Oh, I've lost. I always lose the spot where I'm up to. I've got to keep. I've got to like number my bullet points so I know which one I'm up to. And so Lily's kicked out of the house and she's running down the street because um, she's going to Bex's house. Oh, we she does get to Bex's. Mm-hmm. And this scene was so incredibly disturbing with the guys in their car filming her, and you know they're making fun of her and calling her names and. Um, she starts to run away and runs into a backyard and he follows with a fucking knife. And it was just so... 
I don't even know the word to describe it, but Lily has a little monologue and she's like, in what world, you know, do you see naked pictures of someone on the internet and then want to kill them? And I was just like, it happens on social media every day. It's That's wi- the crazy it's, part. It's, it's wild. And we see later on how violent and crazy this gets all because of nudes. And yeah. the leak, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. That's what it stems from. It's insane. People are, I don't, I just don't even know the word because I don't think that way. So it's hard for me to go, okay, oh, well, that's why they think that way. Because I just don't understand. No, and I, you know, anytime like, like we review stuff on the other podcasts and stuff, I always try and, you know, you try and put yourself in the minds of the characters and I, I can't do that with these guys. Like, <laughs> you, you just can't. Because you're just like, how, how do you make those leaps? The... I just, I don't get it. But we do get a pretty good she, scene after this yeah. with the shovel. Is it a shovel? Yeah. Something that, yeah, oh, it's good. Oh, it's so fucking brutal. Because she just absolutely smashes his face in in front of a kid. I just remember hearing the frog croak. I've and got, she looks up and she's like, oh, shit. I've got on my notes here, what the fuck, frog? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. This kid's just holding frog and i was just like uh where did you get that frog from i kind of love it that's it there's no explanation but it's just uh. i don't care it's great it'd be the same if he was like holding a chihuahua or something just absolutely not doesn't belong there but belongs there exactly (laughs) actually speaking of the whole um nudes on the internet do you remember the website is anyone up i don't know i don't know if i remember that that was a revenge porn website, um, basically, where if anyone screwed you over, you could post their nudes on the website. It was so fucked up. Oh my and that's God. why I never shared nudes with anyone, because I was like, I am not ending up on that website. Yeah, that is really fucked. Like, the, the only thing it, I remember yeah. that was like that was like 4chan. I think people used to put them up there yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that. You know, I knew a lot of friends, even from like... 15 16 when i was that age that were starting to take photos like that would you know and if that gets out like and i definitely can do that now because i'm like covered in tattoos like i it would take a long time to photoshop them out like you you would know it's me straight away yeah (laughs) i just don't have the time all the photoshop skills so the patience as well oh that too yeah and uh where are we up to so she smashes this guy its face in with a shot and we're hearing him breathe with a broken nose was so gross oh it's the gurgling sounds yeah like because he's trying to breathe and i was like ew it was all- also i hope he didn't die it was kind of satisfying though because he's such a creep yeah. i was like yes mm. and the way they like stalked her down the street and i was like men do that to women i've had that happen to me before on many occasion yeah it's so gross Men are gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is... Yeah, so everyone's going insane in this town at this point. And uh, because <laughs> I love how... Because I grabbed... Um, I will usually grab like a synopsis from a website and write my own notes around <laughs> it. And so it says, most of the men in town go insane. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, it's the men going insane. Like, you do not see women in any of these crew, in these, like, um, 
like hordes of people and like lynch mobs. No, it's just the men. even in like the final in the final showdown. I know that's jumping a little bit, but it's almost like men versus women. Like, because all the yeah. girls gang gang up with them, and then yeah, get... I loved that. Oh, it's so good. But this jumps, isn't it? It's like a week later after that shovel scene, I think, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is where there's like a bunch of men in masks who have grabbed Marty. Because further back, Marty is... So Marty is the IT guy, and the cops were interviewing him and saying, you know, blah, 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 you did this, you did that. Um, and he's like, I didn't do it. And we find out that he was actually um, monitoring the IP addresses throughout the whole city mm-hmm. or the town. And um, Marty, you know, is saying to these people who are waterboarding him in their house, which is that, I oh, that meant, just because I know what water in my nose feels like. So, oh, I would hate I that. I almost drowned once. So I was like, oh, no, I know what that feels like. Oh, God. I can't even swim. I'm not a fan of the water. Oh, I was going to say, like, you... How often would you go swimming? <laughs> I know, unless if I want to get hypothermia, sure, I'll go in the water. But yeah, yeah it, it's not uh, swimming weather in Scotland. Ever? Maybe like one week out the year if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> See, in Australia, it's weird if someone can't, like it's odd if someone can't swim. I mean, it is. Like it, it's very rare. It is odd here as well, but I have dyspraxia, so I'm classified as very clumsy <laughs> so it's it, it, i've tried to swim i'm determined i'll i'll do it at some point before i turn 30 well i'll learn <laughs> it's easy and this just really upset me because they killed marty and he basically threw lily under the bus because all of this traffic was coming from her ip address and so this is where the men just go fucking nuts and they're trying to find Lily because she she's, you know, the mastermind behind all of this. And she, they release a live video where Marty's confessing it was Lily who did this. And Lily's like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and also, like, when... when um the town starts going into absolute chaos like everybody gets involved even the police officers the police officers are there with like the mics like we're coming to get you lily and like it's madness he he looks dumb as fuck though so of course he's (laughs) gonna believe the mobs true but i really like this scene in the house where these men who are all in masks are trying to get into the house Mm -hmm. and look i had some gripes about the overall aesthetic of the film um, just some camera choices and like uh, editing techniques and stuff but overall I really enjoyed the film and, but I really loved the scene where you know you're hearing like phones ring and alarms trying to be set and you'll see like um, it's kind of like a, a video game where you can see like everything happening in all different levels and I was like I really like I really like the way they put this scene together. Yeah it's like these long pan shots and you're going from room to room and seeing all the girls with the different um men trying to get in and also there's there's a really good death scene in the water with bex and the nail gun yes i love that because i thought she got she did get shot though didn't she yes she did and that's why she fell into the water but then she got her comeuppance she shot the shit out of him with that nail gun oh it was the, the water just turned like red it was like evil dead levels of blood yeah i loved it I was like, please, because when she got shot, I was like, don't kill her off. What are you doing? 
I got so worried. I was I like, you some... can't kill Bex. Please don't. Yeah. That was me too. I was like, no, she hasn't finished. She's not done yet. Don't take her away from me. <laughs> and they, um, unfortunately, Em and Sarah's mum uh, does get shot in this. And Nancy's really cool because she's very, she can shoot a gun. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. Those headshots, I was like, are you a, are you a cop? I don't know. She's got some. She was really. She's cool. got some really secret skills there. Like, like it was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Who plays the uh, the mummies? Anika Noni Rose. She looks very similar. To, uh, she looks like a young Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh yes. Because that's who I thought it was, and I was like, oh no, she's a little bit too young to be to be Jada. And but yeah, she does look like a young Jada Pinkett Smith. Totally does. I didn't think about that before, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, but she yeah she takes them out like picks them off one by one and it was so good until you know they shot her which was really sad and then the cops and all the crazy men take em and sarah to a cop car and um unfortunately bex when she makes her getaway is found by diamond and his bunch of friends oh do you know what we didn't talk about the scene just before this with the guys in the locker room when they're talking about how they're going to go get diamond yeah and i think that's really important to bring up because it's a lot of toxic masculinity lots of transphobia lots of homophobia and um i think it's just really uh like a really good juxtaposition to how diamond actually acts and behaves in the end yeah exactly because in that in that locker room scene like you said it's it's just it's so full of transphobia transphobia homophobia and toxic masculinity and there it, it's all stemmed from that one guy but like egging each other on and you can just feel the kind of tension and the anger build because at the start mm. they they don't the other guys don't have much to say but it's this other guy what? that's just kind of like no this isn't okay and you can see how it's it's almost like a a pack mentality and he's the leader yeah. and he's like, no, you know, we're, we're doing this. and It's really scary because I'm sure that happens a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. I think that happened. I think that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. This is like the theme of this episode. But I, I think that also happens in, you know, female friendship groups at that age as well. You will have, you know, leaders. And I think at that age, it's so easy to be swayed. And, you know, there's that feeling, that need to feel to fit in to an extreme of, you know, well, they take it to the extreme because of, you know, what they do when they, you know, they capture Bex and stuff. But um, you could see that could happen to to anyone at that age, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think that for... A lot of them also kind of looked uncomfortable and unsure about why um, they needed to hurt Diamond. Yeah. But they kind of joined in anyway. And it was just, you could have just sat that one out, guys. Could have sat it out. Could just go home. But obviously social pressure, peer pressure. And... um, yeah, so they capture Bex. So they go and get Diamond, and then they capture Bex. And at this time, Lily's run to Nick's house for safety. And this scene is creepy, but also brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah, I just... 
I really hate. I love Joel McHale, but I also really love that they casted people that people love as the villains in this film. Yes, because you're kind of like, and they do it so well. They're so evil in this as well. And you want to like them because you know them from other stuff, but you could. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you might hear a cat yeah. in the background, by the way. I will. Oh, my it. cat's like jingling, her like scratching herself, and all I can hear is her bell ringing on her collar outside my door. <laughs> okay, well, you know the feel then. <laughs> yeah, she wants to go outside, but it's storming, so I'm not letting her out. No, poor thing. You should just run in and out and there'll be wet paw prints everywhere and she'll be wet and I'm just not having that today. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lily's absolutely covered in blood and she, what I hate is that he carries her into his daughter's room. Oh, and also, I don't know if you noticed in the room, but there's like the wording princess in the background yes, as well. Yes, I was about to say that. Oh, I felt so just... I felt sick. Ooh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I felt sick of that. Yeah, because, you know, at first he's wiping blood off her and she's saying I can do it myself like it's fine I'm fine let me do it and he tries to rape her which is I'm so glad that she instinctually was like I'm gonna go along with it but um she manages to bite his face which I thought was fantastic I loved it um yeah, me too. <laughs> because there's like blood all like she spits the blood out of her mouth and I was like, ah, oh, that is what would actually happen if you bit someone's face. No, I could yeah, that that scene to start with was so uncomfortable, especially with the knife mm. and he's like, you know, putting the knife on her face and stuff like that, but she definitely gets her her revenge in that scene mm. as well. You know, they get into the bathroom and it's so bloody and gory and I absolutely love it. I think it's my favourite yeah. scene. Like, that that's, that bathroom bit is just so good. Yeah, because she, um, she fashions, like, a razor blade into soap and I was like, you're so clever! Look at you! I wouldn't, didn't wouldn't even think of that. I was like Mainly MacGyver. Yeah, I hate the thought of cutting myself with a razor, so... And I see her nick herself, and I was like, ew, 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 I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I hate getting cut by razors. It hurts. It does. For, for weeks. <laughs> and when she slits his throat, it was just so... Oh, holy crap. So I thought, when he opened the... the when she fell and opened the curtain... Mm-hmm. I thought it was Marty in the bath, but it's actually his wife and daughter. Is it? I didn't know. Oh, fuck. Well, it says in my note, like the notes that I used, but I'm pretty sure it was just Marty. I think they have this wrong. Because it's a really quick clip you see of the body and it's like kind of hard to tell Mm. who who it is. Because it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like two seconds you see. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was Marty, but I... You've got it wrong, guys. Um, <laughs> but I love when she... Yeah, she just is ruthless. She's like, nah, you're out. Sorry. Goodbye. And there's just, ugh, the blood everywhere. And they're, like, slipping in it. And I was like, ew, I love this. <laughs> uh, but it's so cool when she goes downstairs and finds this massive... Like, there's just weapons. And she just sets herself up. She's ready to rock and roll. And it's just a really cool transformation scene where she's like, no, I'm not taking this shit anymore from any of you. She just It's just a total badass scene. And the the music score later in this as well gets yes. so good as well. 
I um I loved the score for this entire movie. I really loved it. It was really because, good. Because um yeah, a guy obviously wrote the entire score for it. And I'm not too sure who. And it's just yeah, it's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Um so the first people she saves is Em and Sarah who are in um the cop car. And the cop's like going around with the speaker and he's like, We're gonna find you. <laughs> and um I love this scene because he gets out of the car and he's like, you're not going to shoot me. What are you going to do, shoot a cop? She's like, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to fucking shoot you. And then there's just the blood. Gets, oh, all over the windscreen. Yeah. The guts. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And um, so they all get together. And I really love as they're like slowly regrouping back together for this. And it's just really cool that they didn't kill any of them off. Um, that they all got to be together for the end of the film. And this scene really... This is the scene where, you know, we were talking about the trope of how trans actors uh, and trans characters are treated in films. That, you know, they are... They are treated with such um, brutality and disrespect and violence. So they've tied a noose around Beck's neck and they're kind of, they're on, I don't, they've got it set up like a, I don't know what the word is. Um, so that if the car drives, it'll hang her. Like the ropes are all connected. Yeah. I don't know what the word is. And so she's like dangling there when they arrive. And um, before that diamond is saying, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm not going to tie her up. What the fuck? No, let her go. And it's just, like I said, the whole, I think they were expecting Diamond to want revenge, but he didn't want that. Which, like, which was really yeah. nice to see because, like you said, with a lot of tropes of how trans characters are portrayed, usually if they, you know, if if their partner is found out that they're, you know, dating somebody that's trans, they tend to you know be violent towards that trans character because they feel embarrassed and shame to be with them and to see diamond like that doesn't bother him at all and he's like no i care about you and fuck these guys um it was really it was really refreshing to see that yeah because johnny the ringleader is saying you know she humiliated her you and he's like no you you did yeah you're the one that turned this into a circus that it wasn't ever you know, you made this, you made it into whatever you thought it was, like you wanted it to be, you know, weird or, um, you know, I think they call him gay at one stage and it's like, no, that's not what this is at all. No, not, no, not at all. I, yeah, I think he does kind of say those exact words, you were the one that's made this the way it is. I don't feel ashamed. Um, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you go, Diamond. Like, I, I was I was yeah. really rooting for him then. I was like, yes. <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say something and I totally forgot. Um, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I really do like this pivot point for Diamond because obviously he's questioning who he is as a, um, as a teenager, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't... I've never not seen trans gender people as the gender that they 
are up. If that, yeah. So for me, like that's just not a thing. But I'm sure for a lot of people, because of how they consume media or and information and um, conversations with their peer groups, that they wouldn't un- not understand, but would be conflicted. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. You know, when when I speak, to, and I've got I've got uh, I I've got friends that are trans, and you know, I just see people as what they they tell me what they are. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. what you are. Yeah. Cool. It's not that hard. That's how easy it is. <laughs> that's as easy. Somebody tells you their pronouns, that's what you call them. They tell you your name, that's it's what easy. you do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, no, it just slipped again. Damn it. I can't remember. It'll come back. It keeps coming back and forth. <laughs> um, sorry, that's right. They don't ever misgender her either. Yeah, I've got a note about that as well. Thank God. <laughs> and I think that that... Um, Shows the level of respect that Sam Levison had in that he was like, okay, I'm going to have a trans character, but I'm also not going to let the characters that hate her misgender her at all, ever. That's not going to happen. And that was just great. I really liked that. And it just goes to show that you don't need that in the plot. Even if it is, um, you know, showing brutality or, you know, these awful characters that are against, against Bex, they don't have to stoop to that level yeah exactly like we get the point cool let's not put misgendering because that would hurt harry as well exactly you know like that'd just yeah that'd put her in a position of oh i'm the um the token trans character there's a and she's not no so it's not like that because i think when yeah like i said when sam had people auditioning i don't think he even had a trans character in mind for bex just saw Harry and was like, yep, you are Bex. Like, this role is for you. And I think that that's what makes it really cool. But that's a very good point as well about, you know, having that respect for Harry as well as an actor. There's a really good documentary on Netflix I would urge people to watch called Disclosure. And it's about um, the history of trans characters and media. It, it specifically focuses on trans women of colour. And it has some really insightful interviews from trans actors and actresses actually um but also it shows how they felt uncomfortable with the scenes that they were having to portray but that was the only that was the only characters they could get in hollywood and it you know and as somebody that's cis like i i can recognize some of this but half of the you know the media that they were covering even stuff from when i was a kid i didn't realize how awful it was and like it's it's crazy so to have you know sam levinson kind of he's not paving the way but he's definitely made made a mark on it and like you said even just small things which should be the norm like not misgendering uh your characters it it really makes a big impact i think that was really great that they could still show how a lot of well a minority of society reacts to to transgender people without having um without showcasing a lot of the microaggressions that happen regularly mm-hmm. like misgendering and misgendering is a huge thing sorry it's not even just a microaggression like more um and that's you know they didn't make that a blatantly obvious point in this yeah no it, yeah exactly yeah and i'm really glad they didn't do any yeah without offending well not offending hurting you know 
Harry as Harry as a as a actor. Yeah, because she sh- she shouldn't be subject to that either. No, just because she's a transgender character doesn't mean that that has to be included. And it's also her being trans doesn't define her as an actor or a character. Like I know it's talked about, but it's it's not the only facet of her. It's not a personality trait, you know. Yeah. And they didn't make it really that big of a thing either in her friend group. They did, you know, with the mob that came after her because they think that she humiliated their friend. Um, But they didn't make her being trans a huge thing in their friend group. No. It was, I think it was talked about once. Yeah. And it's just that, that was it. They're just like, you're Bex and you're a badass and we love you and I love you. (laughs) And oh, when they were talking about the mayor and she's like, you know, I'm really glad that you got to be who you want to be. You know, like that's so important. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that. They all are um, equipped with ridiculous weapons. Like I think Bex has a samurai sword. No, uh, Emil Sarah has a samurai sword. I love that. <laughs> Which I just thought was, Yeah. <laughs> And then a million guns or something. And they're just shooting the shit out of this guy's truck, which I thought was great. And there's just blood and guts everywhere. It was just great. And the outfit as well. They all have the, the red leather jackets. Oh, so cool. I don't wait Because they had those on earlier when they were just hanging out in their room with these leather jackets <laughs> oh, yeah, They're, they're watching a movie or something. And it's just like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> but that... Uh, anyone listening, yes, uh, teenage girls do do shit like that. <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. Um, but I love that um, uh, at the end of this shooting scene that the ringleader guy comes out and he's like pleading for his life. And the girls kind of, they don't say anything, but they just leave it to Bex. And they're like, okay, well, Bex can kill him or whatever. We don't, we're not going to say anything. <laughs> and she lets him live. Mm-hmm. So he can go on living in his little hate-filled world, hating everything. And I think that's more horrible than dying, probably. Yeah, and especially because like, all of his friends are dead, pretty much. I think, well, the, the only one that's left is, is Diamond. Um, so yeah, he kind of has to, to, to live with with what he's done as well so yeah it's i don't think it was giving them the easy way out the easy way out would have been to kill him and you know bex just kind of stands above it and it's like yeah you know what you're not worth my time or my breath i'm just walking away see ya bye and i kind of really like the exchange between diamond and bex because he's like you okay she's like yeah you okay he's like yeah and he's like all right um i'll see you at school <laughs> and just goes and i'm like and then she's all giddy Thanks. after as well. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome. I really, I do like, um, like Diamond's character as well. Yeah, so do I. I feel like he got a lot of, he got more character development than Em and Sarah did. Yeah, they, like I said, they feel like, and they shouldn't be, but they're quite forgettable characters in this movie. Yeah. So I would have liked to see four of them. Yeah, it would have been good to see more development. You get a lot of it with Lily and Bex, but the other two girls, yeah, you do, not so much. I, mean, I And, like, I do like them all. I just wish there, yeah, was a little bit more oomph to those two. As much as what Bex and Lily mm-hmm. got. 
And this this scene I love because this is Lily's video call that she's making out to all the girls in their neighborhood. And um, I don't have the monologue here with me, so I can't, I don't know what she says in it. <laughs> I can't remember. It's something along the lines of like, you know, be perfect. Um, you know, be. Um, it's not these exact words, but it's kind of like you know, be conservative and covered up but also be a slut and be intelligent but also you know not too smart be this be that and it's all these kind of contradictory contradictory terms of what's expected of women Mm. and it really I got really um emotional listening to it to this monologue that she gives because it is and it's like a I think all girls should listen to it just that one scene it's really powerful and you can see as well you can see all these girls that are kind of watching it so it must be like a live stream or something and I just I felt really emotionally attached to it as well and like not that I didn't like Lily I like Lily but I wasn't that attached to her at that point but when I when I saw that I was kind of like oh yeah it it really got me in the feels yeah I was like crying like I had tears in my eyes I was like oh my god (laughs) I've cried in so many horror things this week. (laughs) (laughs) Horror's emotional. Horror can definitely be emotional. It is. And so they're all, the girls are all coming together in like this massive army. And it's amazing because it's just so diverse, this group of girls. It's, It's just awesome. And it was just really nice to see for once. It just felt like such kind of girl power. Yeah, it really did. I really liked it. Uh, we later find out, though, that uh, Donny, Lily's brother, is the hacker. And so I love that his parents, you don't see it straight away that they've, you know, revealed it's him. <laughs> but it's like the cops talking to it, to the parents, like, oh, you know, attempted murder and um, cyber hacking. And we're looking at a life sentence. And then it flicks to like, uh, well, the camera moves into like an interrogation room. And it's Donny. And he's like, his father's like, why did you do it? And what does he say? For the lulls. <laughs> Fucking teenage boys. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was so mad that that's what the response was. But I know that a boy would give that response. It was very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but this, and then that's where the movie finishes. And it's just... I like that they just left it at that. Like, that's it. No more blood and guts. It's all... We can guess what's going to happen once that girl army gets together and fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. There's also the the credit scene where there's, like, the marching band in the streets or something. Oh, yeah. Which was quite cool. That's quite a Sam yeah. Levinson thing to do because he did he did like a really nice choreography scene at the end of Euphoria as well. So I I ah. I, I don't know if I understood the point of it, but I liked it. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. I like I like marching bands. I wish we had them here. Yeah, we don't have them in the UK either. Mm. We have like band, like band club, <laughs> whatever that's called. The people that aren't good enough to be in the orchestra. (laughs) 
I'm not music. I I'm not musically inclined. I love music, but I, I I tried to play guitar for two years, and I couldn't. I probably couldn't even do Smoke on Water right now if you asked me. So, I I, oh, I played classical music. I do. So. That's cool. What? Well, not anymore. But yeah, I really I really did love that film. Obviously, like I said before, there were some filming choices that I was unsure about and didn't like too much, but it was appropriate for the film anyway so that was just personal choice not like I thought it was a big deal but the the overall narrative and story and script and casting and music was just fantastic it was it was really really good and it's quite interesting because if you look at the the feedback it's quite mixed reviews from critics as well um but if you but if you look at people from the queer community it, it's kind of become a bit of a cult favorite now but um i think in the wider masses it, i i think some people don't maybe necessarily get it but um yeah no i loved it i do agree with you there's a couple aesthetic things that i was a bit more more so like the filming some of the shots were a bit i don't know if it's repetitive but some of them were just a bit sore on the eye but besides that i can't yeah i can't really fault this too much yeah I really, and look, um, filming techniques and stuff isn't my forte. So that's why I'm just like, uh, it's probably just more personal preference than anything. Like, it's not actually a stylistic issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really, I that's the first real full-on feminist horror movie I've watched. I'm so glad. I'm so chuffed I suggest it because I'd watched bits of this but I hadn't actually watched it in full till I did for this podcast and um yeah I'm I'm really glad there needs to be more movies like this but um yes. hopefully we get some more maybe I'll write one yes I'm a terrible writer so <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep thinking of the only like horror theme like um, I was like I'm gonna write a horror movie and all I can think of is a sleep paralysis demon and that a group of friends all get haunted by the same sleep paralysis demon and they don't realize that they're all having these nightmares and then the sleep paralysis demon slowly kills them off sleep paralysis though is fucking scary like that that would be really oh, creepy yeah. yeah maybe I'm gonna write it I'll get James Wan to direct it <laughs> because he does creepy really good yeah, that's true i just i really want a sequel to jennifer's body of needy just being a badass yes. yeah oh that'd be so good i wonder if um who's the character that plays her um amanda Seif- seafried is that her last name seafried i don't know i can't say her last name but yes she's the one um yeah That'd be so cool. How long ago did Jennifer's Body come out, though? That That was, was like, over ten years ago. It's quite funny, because that movie, when it came out, was a bit of a flop. But in, like, recent years, it's become such a cult classic and a queer kind of feminist um, fan favourite, which I think is brilliant, because the marketing of that movie, and I kind of want to talk about this in, like, my thesis when I do my master's the marketing of that it was very targeted toward teenage boys and it was supposed to be this like oh Megan Fox sexy movie and before they realize it they're actually um watching something they totally didn't expect which I thought was was brilliant but there's some really good there's a really good interview with Megan Fox and the director of Jennifer's Body that came out for the 10 year anniversary I can't remember what it's called it's on YouTube but they talk about um 
you know the feminism within the movie and the kind of tropes it tackles so um yeah I that's kind of like I love all facets of horror but I love this kind of feminist black comedy style like that's like kind of my favorite genre yeah mine's probably just slashes <laughs> I love a slasher though oh yeah I just haven't really I think that my thing is that for a long time I watched what was recommended as this is the must-see horror mm-hmm. and I haven't really explored beyond that and there's so much that I want to watch like the girl with all the gifts I want to watch and a girl walks home alone at night and you know and revisit Jennifer's body because I watch that at least six times a year but... <laughs> same <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and just go beyond the expected horror movies that people if you're a horror lover they you're expected to have watched yeah and that's what I kind of um I like to try and bring to behind the screams as well what I really love about the podcast that I do is like there's about there's there's quite a few of us that are regular co-hosts and we all bring our own passions for horror so like you know Ian is a huge fan of slasher and it's a running joke how much he loves like um John Carpenter (laughs) and like Halloween and all this but like all of us have our own kind of different passions and like I I love coming at it from like a queer lens and a feminist lens and trying to bring light to that because it's it's not the first thing you think of when you think of horror no it, it really isn't and I think a lot of people have a tendency to think that it doesn't exist in horror in that, you know, you have to watch a um, like a Judd Apatow film to get that kind of uh, lens into actual, like, teenage lives or young people's mm-hmm. lives as, like, for coming-of-age stuff. Yeah, definitely. I love a coming-of-age movie. Oh, yeah. What's your favourite? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to say, I, I'm really, I'm quite a fan of Perks of Being a Wallflower because I really liked the book I when was I was growing up. the same thing. Oh! Good taste. But I recently watched King of Saturn Island um, with Pete Davidson, and it's so good. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's it's really good. I bawled my eyes out at the end. I looked at my at Ned, and I was like, "I'm not crying. You're crying." And there's just like tears everywhere. <laughs> just like the scar running down. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good because I'm I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan as well. So yeah, he's cool. I'll have to watch just, that. He's insane. Like, I just, he's just crazy. I love him because he's just (laughs) (laughs) Him and Machine Gun Kelly are my favourite besties. So, celebrity best friends. (laughs) Oh, Machine Gun Kelly. I've only recently started kind of getting getting into, like, his music and stuff. Only because, like, I know he's with Megan Fox. I I love Megan Fox. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. He's funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's a crack up. So before we finish up, what's the last horror movie that you watched? Uh, it's not a movie, well, I, I don't know if I'd be able to, could I do TV series, which is blind? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Blime. Just horror anything. So I, well, I actually rewatched it for a second time, but it's um, Haunting of Bly Manor. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that yet because oh, nice. everybody's kind of going on about it. Yeah, I'm three episodes in. I won't spoil it, but um, the ending <laughs> broke me. I had to kind of sit with myself for a while, and I was like, oh, it's very sad. It's very good, though. Yeah, I really liked Haunting of Hill House, so I bawled my eyes out. Did you watch Yeah, that? I watched Hill House. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about when I said I cried my yeah. eyes out. 
there was like three episodes I just spent crying because I was just like, why? The actress, <laughs> the, the actress episodes. that plays um, Nell in Hill House, and then I think it's Jamie in Bly Manor. She's so good because obviously I'm watching you now, and I'm on season two, and she's in that as well. Yeah, she plays love, doesn't yeah. she? She's really diverse yeah. actress, like so many different character ranges it's it's brilliant yeah i love her i'm actually watching dragula at the moment so i'm so i'm really looking forward to watching more it's so good it's i'm obsessed i wish it was a tv like an actual tv show it gets better and better because honestly um, i'm watching season three at the moment because we're doing um on behind the screens we're doing um a review of each season in the run-up to resurrection oh, nice. which is coming out um in a few weeks um but oh i'm watching resurrection on shutter now that's what i'm watching at the moment oh, and yeah. then i'm gonna watch the actual show i still need i still need to watch that um but the the show just gets better and better like each season and we get so much diversity i think there's like i said i've only i'm only starring season three now but um you know we have drag queens that have beards and body hair and we have drag kings we have non-binary people and that's just not seen in RuPaul's Drag Race like no it's it's very um exclusive for RuPaul's Drag Race and like I love drag queens and everyone's always like do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race I'm like "Mm, not really because that's not my it's not inclusive enough for me (laughs) and like RuPaul has said some pretty horrible stuff as well so that's that that's very true but I just love how it shines a light onto to horror and drag and how there's so many different boxes in drag and horror and what you can do and yeah. like it shows that drag is for everyone you know it really is i love it great um so to wrap up the podcast can you please tell um our listeners where they can find you yeah you can find me on twitter and twitch it's just lulu underscore pew um and just chatting lots of gay activist stuff on twitter and then just lots of gay games and spooky games some spooky games as well we've been doing but yeah it's a fun time great and what about your podcast yeah so the podcast that um, i co-host is behind the screams and you can find that on wherever you find podcasts (laughs) we have it uh everywhere (laughs) and kind of like we would mention before we're doing um a special for um october which is dragula so we're doing an episode on each season and it's um three of us that are doing it that absolutely love drag so um yeah enjoy enjoy that it's it's a really it's a really good it's really good episodes um it's a good way to introduce yourself to drag and horror yeah which i didn't realize could even coexist so i am so excited now (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on this episode and introducing me to some amazing feminist horror. I really, I really appreciated that. Awesome. It was cathartic. No, oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. This is my first guest spot on another podcast. Uh, so I'm so honored. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm going to be like. Um, but um, no, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like we've got really similar views on things as well. So it was yeah, really nice to bounce definitely. back off of somebody that just like gets it. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely get it. All right, well, thanks. Well, thank you.